Hello everyone, this is Word with Dave Clay. I would like to believe that if you have a problem, you can go to a good source of information, whatever that problem might be, and get some good advice. Information. Become educated and for the most part either be able to remedy the concern yourself or find someone else that is more of a specialist if it's something that requires a bit more technological sort of knowledge or skill than you yourself possess. Sometimes it's very difficult to fix yourself. Uh, Fix something that otherwise you're so personally connected to or so much a part of you that it really requires someone else to step in and do that. That's often the case or frequently, if not most often the case, with psychological counseling. People can't fix themselves because of all the subjective sort of dimensions that go along with that. You have a hard time being objective because of defense mechanisms, as would we would put it psychologically, and all of those being somehow changing one's perceptions of reality when those perceptions or the reality thereafter follows is too difficult for us to accept or incorporate or uh, allow uh, to sort of have some sort of say about who we are and what we are. But if you want to get a good idea about psychological matters, psychological problems and their fixes, even should you not have the technology, the knowledge and technology, or at least the technique, the skill to be able to do it yourself, (laughs) don't go see a therapist, go to TikTok. Psychology Today, July, August of 2023. Battling TikTok's mental health misinformation. Ashvin Sod, MD. If you have inattention and rejection sensitivity, you may have ADHD. A vlogger tells Clara one evening online. When I get anxious, I zone out, and that's how I know I have ADD, an influencer asserts in the next video. In clip after clip, Clara is served up influencers, experts, naturopaths, naturopaths, and everyone in between, all claiming expertise in ADHD symptoms or diagnoses. As one might imagine, Clara is confused, a 15-year-old with normal identity issues for her age. She was socially isolated during her early adolescence, to the pandemic and is trying to figure out and make sense of who she may be. TikTok has become her main source of information, offering hints and explanations about how she interacts with the world. Inevitably, Clara tells her mother one day, Mom, I have ADHD. Her mother, confused and having no mental health training, ignores the declaration. This leaves Clara feeling more isolated and continuing to question who she is, hoping that perhaps a diagnosis can finally give her a stable identity. TikTok has quickly become a social media titan, rivaling Meta 
and Snapchat with more than 1.5 billion active users, 57% of whom are female and 28% of whom are under 18. When the pandemic was at its peak and children and teenagers were socially isolated with severely limited access to outpatient therapy or psychiatry, emergency room visits for suicidal ideation and self-harm skyrocketed. Eating disorder incidences rose and teen depression and anxiety reports reached an apparent all-time high. It's no wonder that teens turned to their screens for information as well as connection to peers. Starting in spring 2020, social media use among 15 to 25-year-olds in the U.S. rose as much as 28%. TikTok is particularly provided, in particular, provided teens with content from peers and adults who shared their mental health burdens. The sounding board grew, and so did the number of types of distributors and sometimes sellers of mental health information. All flocked to the bizarre. The bizarre. It is bizarre, but it's bizarre. As mental health became a trending social media topic, content creators found an audience that wanted to name what they were experiencing. To serve them, creators produced flashy videos that were generalizable and relatable, even if also often inaccurate. On the positive side, legitimate medical educators and licensed therapists all joined the fray to offer evidence-based information. And many teens with clinical diagnoses have found or built support networks through TikTok. Clara viewed content creators dancing to catchy songs, discussing nonspecific symptoms, and suggesting that she might have a mental health condition. Each click on a video and subsequent engagement in the form of comments and shares raised its own popularity and the chances that the app would recommend more clips like it to Clara, no matter how accurate the information or who provided it. Identity formation is an integral part of a teen's development. With access to a digital world that provides troves of seemingly valid information, they will understandably search for meaning in what they watch. The adults in their lives can help them think more critically. How parents can help. Begin with a non-judgmental approach. Expressing curiosity about what a teen may be watching. Ask questions like, where did you learn about the diagnosis? What parts of it do you connect with and do you know others who may have similar symptoms? Be patient with the responses. They do not have to have an exact answer, but they do need an adult who will listen. Ask to view the same videos in their TikTok file. Watching together, ask them to point out the parts that they most strongly connect with. If there are mental health concerns, ask how the symptoms described affect them day to day. Do the symptoms interfere with their schoolwork, peer interactions, or home time? Ask if there are parts of the videos that don't resonate with them. Offer observations that may take a different view and allow them to reflect on your thoughts. 
If there are more serious concerns, offer to help them seek out support by setting up a doctor's appointment or a therapy evaluation. How clinicians can help. Offer curiosity and a non-judgmental approach when asking teens about a self-diagnosis. Screen for symptoms of the condition and speak with the parent regarding the history. Specify what helps reduce the symptoms and what seems to worsen them. Ask why this diagnosis is important to them and what it might mean to them if there were no diagnosis. Highlight that diagnosis are helpful but do not define an individual. Highlight that diagnoses are helpful but do not define an individual. Inquire about traits or personality aspects they like about themselves. And lastly, if treatment is applicable, discuss that it is meant to relieve a symptom and not define a person by their diagnosis. Ashvin Sood, MD, is a child and adolescent psychiatrist in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and a member of the group for the advancement of psychiatry's media committee. Battling TikTok's mental health misinformation, Psychology Today, July, August of 2023. Now, I am certain there are good, there is, there are good examples of good information on TikTok. And not misinformation and established by critical, critical, credible resources, uh, those individuals that know what they're speaking of, those individuals that are psychiatrists, those individuals who are licensed psychological counselors, psychologists, social workers, MDs in general. Someone who would then otherwise also be inclined to want to read, catch up on data, knowledge that's from credible sources themselves, research journals, studies (laughs) with measures of validity and reliability, going to the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is a composite of just that. Field trials, research, analysis, studies. Some attempt to measure not only validity, but also reliability. And that comes up with any number of or all of these diagnoses that we now treat within the context of behavioral health and are willing to continue a pursuit of study so that as new data comes in, there may be a need for refinement, but it's based on hypothetical reasoning, logic, science, empiricism, good research methodology. And that's really 
what vets then those individuals when it comes to offering opinions. But even then, unless you are actually someone, you can get a lot of good information from the APA's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. You can go online and read about research. You can study journals. You can subscribe to Psychology Today, which offers empirical studies, a summary of what the findings are so that you can keep current at least in terms of context with what's going on in the industry what we're learning where we're headed what we think what we believe but I'm not sure TikTok is as vetted and certainly the article seems to suggest it's not and with that then a lot of misinformation And with that, then, a lot of individuals who are yet to be even at an age, chronologically, or a state of development, psychosocially, psychologically and socially, to be able to even recognize it as misinformation. And really have yet to garner much mastery of reality. It is all empirical in the sense that they take it in. The census brings data in, feedback, data, and then feedback to the person as they're going through their day-to-day sort of operation. One circumstance to the next, situation to the next. But even that tends to be somewhat along the lines of concurrent validity and with that a little bit more immediate feedback and possibly more realistic feedback than you're going to get on TikTok. Especially when there's a bit of profiteering that goes along with not only the mental health industry, influencers, sponsorships, viewers going viral, platforms themselves. But as much as all of that potentially could corrupt the findings, the person who watches, and particularly this age range again, that represents a fairly, in a normal sort of way, immature, psychologically speaking, operationally speaking, individual who's wanting to find out who they are, who's counting on TikTok to provide them the necessary or needful opportunities to socialize. And during, again, COVID, that was an impossibility for many students who could not even, or youth who were students of student age, who could not even go to school where most of that socialization takes place. If not at school, then with that, then neighborhood, community, All of that was then reliant, seemingly so, upon what they could get online virtually, and TikTok certainly filled the void. But all it basically did was validated that there was a need and tried to then supply an answer to that that really wasn't empirically sound, that was more exploitative or along the lines of exploitation, 
and sold a lot of individuals on notions that they were this or that simply because to put a name to it seems to comfort a large number of individuals, persons, who are still trying to figure it out. They don't know how to figure it out. Their maturity, even if it's measured experientially, is somewhat limited by their age as well as, once more, their operational systems. But they're basically pointing out, acknowledging, validating the question, the need for that feedback socially, psychologically from others, intellectually, school, because there was not that emphasis upon education or the education that was provided was inferior to that which had heretofore been afforded or offered due to all kinds of constraints and limitations that went along with shutting the schools down because of COVID and relying on virtual learning. But it just took advantage of a group of individuals, a cohort of people who were at a particular, particular developmental age or stage, needed answers and gave them answers that really aren't factual, that really come from Persons that really are more influencers than they are experts in the field. And not enough of those who have the knowledge base, all of those professions I mentioned a few moments ago, and then years of experience providing psychotherapy, psychological counseling to patients, making those diagnoses, prescribing medications to treat those, it was left then to TikTok and TikTok influencers to tell people not only what they had in the way of a need or to at least put a label on, identification of the need, but the risk is once you label someone with a condition, it becomes part of who they are, especially if that happens at one of those critical stages of development such as identity where it's all coming together and most of the conditions are not temporary or transient or transitional or transitory they're long-term chronic diagnoses and as much ADHD is a legitimate phenomenon not everyone has it <laughs> and especially if you're not basing that on the diagnostic criterion, but instead someone's opinion, and then you're going out seeking help, especially if it gets into medications, that really have side effects, possibly that go along with them, that are not the best, <laughs> that can create their own complications. You've actually created not only side effects and complications, but you've created a problem when it comes to then reattaching those individuals back to reality. 
on a very personal and anecdotal sort of note, I've actually had individuals that have come in and argued with me that I was wrong. (laughs) What is their argument? That's not what TikTok said. And, of course, I want to say, but I'm the one that's licensed. (laughs) I'm the one that is the clinical counselor. I'm one that went to school. I'm one that has education and experience. I'm one that studied all this. I'm one that remains current. But if you can't validate them in some ways, or if you should inadvertently invalidate them, the person, they're not going to listen to you. You have no credibility. But validation does not mean necessarily agreeing with their opinion or a TikTok influencer's opinion as to a particular mental health condition that they may or may not have. Validation is just show them due respect that they have a concern and you need to find out as much information as possible and empathize and at least understand their perspective before you begin to attempt to do anything to bring them back into some reasonable proximity to or alliance with, aligned with the truth. And expect that even then with sound rapport, with empathy and good perspective taking on the part of not only the clinician, the clinical counselor, psychological counselor, But on the part of the parent, you're still going to have a struggle because they actually have more empathy, (laughs) even though it's errant and wrong, the conclusion, they have more perspective taking that's done through TikTok and the influencers that are indeed relatable than they're getting from parents and from clinicians and then whatever they say because they've at least bothered to listen or seemingly understand in that relatability manner manner of relatability they will do what they tell them to do that doesn't sound right it doesn't seem right that it should be that way but most of us are strongly influenced by influencers and probably is why TikTok not only for this particular age range developmental stage that the author points out in the article in Psychology Today that I read earlier but it's probably why even as adults we're so easily influenced That and the fact that many people never grow up to be critical thinkers. They've never been taught that. They don't understand science. They don't understand validity and reliability. They don't understand credibility as within a recommendation. Make a good diagnosis, you'll have an even better treatment plan. And then whatever is the recommended care that goes along with the diagnosis that makes up the treatment plan, it's got a better likelihood of working because it's scientifically based. 
It's empirically established in research and sound research methodology. We need to get back to that somehow. If you have a problem and concern with your car, go to TikTok. I'm not sure you'll get good advice. Probably many mechanics might make the same argument. Car. Auto mechanics. That I'm making today. Leave it to experts if you really want truth. If you want to know what's going on. And not that automobiles are necessarily more important or less important than persons or psychology. Although I would believe most of us would see it that way. Why would you then do the same thing when it comes to something as important as a person? And particularly if you're a parent, your child. Take take that problem, the psychology, the psychological ones, the counseling, the ones that are counseling related, the ones that have implications for long-term labels, chronically debilitating, progressively worsening diagnoses, before you give that to someone or hang a label on someone that then becomes part of their identity and then in some ways feeds into some form of self-fulfilling prophecy, this is what I am, they don't (laughs) get past it. They kind of live down to the label. And if it's wrong then you've stigmatized them. You've given them misinformation. They now identify with it. That's who they are. They might feel validated, but it may not be that condition at all. It may just be part of the normal developmental course, which can at times be very emotional. It can be very upsetting. And in and of itself might require a bit of counseling, But let the feedback be solid feedback. And if they're that valuable to you, yourself even. If I'm speaking to someone who lived through this and now on the backside, post-COVID, we're all of a sudden realizing maybe we got a lot of bad information while we were sitting at home with nobody else to listen to, trying to figure all of this out for ourselves and all the anxiety that went along with that period in history. Maybe we should go talk to someone that knows what they're talking about. And again, if you do, then be open. Because science itself is critical. It doesn't mean they're criticizing you. It just means you have to be at least willing to take a serious look at those premises, those facts, the truth That those facts, you've taken those facts and sort of contrived or at least determined construct-wise, it needs to be tested. You may be wrong. And for all you know, that I know what the article suggests, so is TikTok on a lot of this. Taking nothing away from reliable sources, credible sources, but they should be disclosing as to where they're getting their data and their information. If they're not, be suspicious. That's why we do the podcast. (laughs) This is Word with Dr. Michael David Clay. Dave Clay. Because 
we want it to be informative. We want it to be, though, based on not only facts, but the best we know in the way of truth. And what is that in terms of science? The soundest theory that's out there. You can't say it's absolute because that's the whole premise of science. You just keep testing it. The feedback will keep offering opportunities to test the theory. But if it continues to survive the feedback and the validation, the testing that we do either personally or through research or more formal sort of channels, if it continues to prove itself to be true in that way, we'll hold it as a truth. But if it doesn't, then we'll just make modifications. It doesn't mean truth changes. It just means at the moment that we're in, we're understanding it better than we did in previous moments. And we have new data that gives us a better view of what's going on. And with that, we can be more accurate, not only in terms of what we're seeing, but we can make better predictions as to what will happen in the future. What we can count on things in the future being, what we might even with some hope want them to be. But if I do my job, well, not only in the podcast, but in clinical practice, that's what we're going to do in the counseling situation as well. And why you should speak to someone who is licensed who is vetted by all of the authorities, licensure boards, bound to ethics, have to have or requires knowledge as well as training in technology and techniques, who is good at making, has come to be, good at making sound diagnoses, but also understands that just like a hypothesis, hypothetical reasoning. A diagnosis is fluid. The more data we take in, we might modify that. But at least start with someone who has the cred, the credibility. Psychology Today has a directory of credible psychological counselors, social workers, marriage and family therapists, psychiatrists, those that work in those disciplines that deal with behavioral health, that you can reach out to them. And they are vetted in the sense that they have to be licensed and with that then abiding by those strict ethical requirements, legal requirements even, of an ethical practice. No lying, no cheating, no stealing. You just can't be a fraud and an influencer. And you certainly shouldn't be going around presenting misinformation. Should you want to look it up, look them up, the directory, and find someone, that would be my encouragement. I'm sure you can find someone either virtually or if you would prefer to meet them in person, someone in your geographical location, wherever you may live in the world. But I would also hope that you would come back to our next edition of Word with Dave Clay so that we can continue to share what we do know and give you a bit of direction as to where to look, encourage you, what 
maybe is or isn't worth looking for or at. And again, even as the podcast today, who to turn to? You have any questions, you can reach out to us at the wordhouse at frontier.com 304 call 304 523 word which is 9673 or you can visit us online at the wordhouse.com but until we get a chance to meet again I want to wish you if you should not reach out to us the very best in terms of not only wellness physical health, but also mind health. (laughs) Just be careful with TikTok until we get a chance to meet again. Thanks.